uh, so throughout the week, I kept asking him, Kyle, how are you feeling? Are you doing all right? And, you know, you could just tell, you know, we could tell as a staff that he was still not 100%. And uh, just kind of, uh, you know, not having the energy that uh, he normally does. And so on uh, Thursday, I said, okay, Kyle, what, what's your thoughts? Are you, he said, man, I'm feeling great. Feeling really well. Everything's going to be good. And, and so I thought, well, on Friday morning, I'll just go ahead and go uh, come up to the office uh, early and, and just start looking at some things just in case, you know. Uh, like I said, when I preached a couple of weeks ago, it takes me longer to put together a message. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so uh, I started looking through some things, just praying, God, what would you have me to share just in case if Kyle's not able to be there? And uh, so God was speaking into my life and, and into my heart, and I started writing down some things and, and uh, spent the day up here just uh, praying and, and studying God's Word and called him on Friday, and I said, Kyle, how are you doing? He said, man, I'm doing great. Can't wait to start the new series of messages. I said, I, you know, I can't wait to hear them. And let me just encourage you, don't miss next week. And the following weeks. You should never miss, unless if you're sick. But uh, don't miss next week, because I can promise you he has a word for us from the Lord, and, and uh, God's going to use this series of messages. So uh, Saturday, I just kind of relaxed and uh, enjoyed the day with my grandkids and with Lynn, and, and just uh, doing playing outside with the grandkids. Didn't think about you know, anything else about the message. So this morning about, you know, it was time change Sunday, and did anybody have a hard time uh, getting up? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of tough, wasn't it? So this morning about uh, 6.30, we were just getting ready to get up, and, and uh, I hear my phone. There was a text come through. I sleep right there uh, with the phone next to the bed, and and it uh, went off twice, and Lynn said, you better look at that. And, you know, I was still just kind of in a daze. And, uh, you know, I didn't have my contacts in, and, and uh, so I was looking at it and trying to focus, and it said, uh, please, can you prepare for this morning? And that will wake you up, Grant. <clears throat> I'm so thankful that I don't have to worry about Grant calling and say, Dale, I'm sick today. Can you fill in for me? <laughs> that would not be good. Oh, that, I tell you, you talk about clearing the auditorium. I would clear the auditorium. Some of you would join right in with me, John Mickey. I mean, you know, because we kind of sing alike. But uh, so I jumped up showered, got up here, and started uh, going back over uh, what God had laid on my heart. So uh, just bear with me today and, and um, just pray that God will use uh, what he put on my heart. You know, most of the time when I stand up uh, before you and uh, to preach, I'm preaching to myself. And uh, sometimes those messages are pretty tough. And uh, sometimes God just gets my attention. Sometimes he has to hit me upside the head, 
you know, and uh, so when I stand before you, let me just tell you that it's God dealing with my heart and my life. So before I get started in today's message, sometimes I do and sometimes I say things that I don't think about the consequences of it. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that does that. Is there anybody else here that does that? Sometimes I just say things and I'll do things. And, and uh, sometimes when my mind starts running ahead of my mouth or maybe my mouth ahead of my, my brain, I, I don't know, but, but I'll say things. And I know some of you wives there are nudging your husbands because maybe you do the same thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just think that, uh, you know, God, you got you to gotta take control of my mind and, my, and my, my mouth. You know, when I preached a couple of weeks ago, and you can rest assured, I don't have anything in my pockets. <laughs> I don't have the sack here. If you missed that Sunday, it was probably good that you stayed home that Sunday. I don't have anything hidden in here so you don't have to worry but I want to say something to Grant and uh, I didn't I seen Grant all throughout the week and and I just you know God put it on my heart Grant I'm sorry you know I didn't mean to toss you that stick of celery you know I just you know I know that might have offended some people it might have offended Grant I did warn you, though, a snack. Did you, uh, did you eat the end that I sprayed with the germaclans? Awesome. Good deal. I can still smell it. So <clears throat> some of you probably thought I was going to apologize to the rest of you for spraying the germaclans. Well, I'm not going to do that because, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we needed it. You know... It took about three minutes for that germaclans to fill the room. And, you know, I, I knew that uh, this was one of those moments that I made a mistake when I did that. But sometimes when you realize that you just, you know, you're in it, you might as well go ahead and finish it. When I heard Wendy uh, Stagner down there coughing, I, I thought, Mm, Dale, I hope she doesn't pass out. <laughs> I hope we don't have to call the ambulance and they come in and get her. And I love Wendy to death. I mean, uh, but then as, as I, you know, I thought, I looked at my wife. And you know, guys, how you get that look sometimes? <laughs> like, I sure do love you. This was not that look. <clears throat> she looked at me like, you didn't. Really? What were you thinking about? And uh, after the service, we talked about that a little bit, going home. And um, so, yeah, I thought, well, I, I made a mistake. And... I thought, I'm already into it. I was just going to spray a couple of sprays, maybe three. And it ended up being six or seven. 
eight, maybe nine. I don't, I don't remember. But I thought I was going to be able to make a point. And my mind was just going kind of crazy, and my mouth was out of control, and my finger just kept pumping it. And I thought I was going to make a point, and I don't know if I ever made the point. I don't know if I ever got to that or not. So if you left here a little confused, or maybe that smell was still in your, your nose, I'm sorry about that. Uh, many people had comments to say after the service. Someone said, man, I laughed so hard in the service, and I didn't know you had it in you. I didn't either, you know. But <clears throat> some of you even called and texted me and said, what was that stuff you sprayed in, in the service? I even had one guy, we, went, we left on that Sunday afternoon to go to the Empower Conference in Dallas, and I had one of my friends come up and said, uh, what did you spray in the auditorium? I thought, did you smell it all the way to Dallas? Is that, was it that was it that good? So I gave him some pointers on some illustrations not to use in, in, your, in your messages. But uh, yeah, some of you called, some of you texted and asked what I sprayed. And I know the, the stock market went up uh, on sales. Uh, it helped, you know, as our market went down the last couple of weeks, uh, germaclans went up. Uh, some of you said it'd even be a good, uh, there could be even some good sermon topics in it as well. And uh, so, you know, I, I sprayed too much. But you know, as I thought about that, our influence can spread just like the germaclans. The good and the bad. You know, our influence, the things that we do, the things that we say can have the same effect in the world in which we live as the germaclans. And you know, sometimes the bad news spreads faster than the good news. Think about it with me. Say there's a high-profiled person, and they stumble in their personal life. They do things, they say things that they shouldn't say, and what happens? You know, with technology today, that, that stumble, that fall can be worldwide news in just a matter of seconds. Sometimes we don't recognize those things that are good. You know, there's some incredibly good things that are going on in the world in which we live, but the media uh, shows that we are in troubled times. And I do believe that we need to pray for our country. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 says that if we want to see God move in our world in which we live, that we need to confess our sins. And He's faithful. And He'll heal our land. Just like the germaclans that I sprayed in here. The things that we do in our lives can spread throughout the world in which we live. Today I want us to look at uh, in our Bibles at John chapter 13, verses uh, 34 and 35. We'll come to those in just a few moments. 
But what does the Bible say that a true child of God's life should look like? How should we act? How, what should we say? How should, would, should we act in our personal lives? What is one characteristic that the life of a child of God will change the world in which we live? We're going to talk about that in just a few moments. You know, I believe that there are several characteristics <clears throat> that as a child of God, we should exhibit on a daily basis. Not just when it's called upon, you know, if we see something going on around us where someone needs help, we're fast to respond and, and to react to whatever that need is. When in fact it should be on a daily basis. Tonight, or this morning, I want us to focus on one characteristic that will change your life and will change my life. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 that not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean that you're uh, one of God's children. Our relationship to him is not based upon our behavior. Hold on to that just a few moments, and I'll come back to that. We come to, to Christ by placing our faith and our trust in him. Placing our faith and our trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection. But our behavior, the things that we do and the things that we say, will affect our relationship to him and to the world in which we live. The things that we do, the things that we say, are greatly affected by our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're a child of God, we should want to live our lives and do those things that are pleasing to him. Amen? Our relationship to Christ changes us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creation. The old has passed away. In John chapter 13, we're going to look at one evidence that shows that we are a child of God. Look at it with me. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, if you'll look with me in your Bible or, or with your telephone, whatever it is that you have this morning as we look at God's Word. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This commandment has often been called the 11th commandment. In, chapters, in, in the 21 chapters of John, this has been said to have been the last 24 hours of the life of Jesus. And in this, we see that love is mentioned over 57 times. I would say that Jesus wasn't having a problem making his point. Would you? 
I mean, I, I, have, I struggled making my point uh, a couple of weeks ago, but here Jesus does make, not make a mistake. He makes his point, and his, and his point is clear. Let's look at these verses. The first thing I want us to look at is Jesus gives us a new commandment. If you were one of the disciples and, and uh, you know, if you were with Jesus when he was saying this, what would be going through your mind? You would probably be thinking about the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. I'm sure that that's what they were probably thinking about. And they may have been thinking in the back of their mind, who are you, Jesus, that you could add to the Scriptures? Let me tell you, Jesus is the eternal God in flesh. Jesus has the ability to add to the Scriptures because He is God. He is the second person in the Trinity. He was there on Mount Sinai when the commandments were given uh, to Moses. Jesus is saying here, I'm giving you one additional commandment. This was really nothing new. Uh, the thought about loving one another. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, they were instructed to love each other. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, it refers back to the Old Testament. It says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is greatest? And he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend upon these two commandments. Jesus was saying that throughout the Old Testament that there, the, the, there are two commandments, and that is that we are to, to love God and we are to love others. As you enter into our parking lot, you see our big sign out here that says, Loving Jesus, Loving People. That is what we are to be about as a church. That is what we are to be about as individual Christians, that we're loving God with all of our heart, with everything that's within us, and that we're to love people. Think about this. You know, God can take whatever He wants. Think about that. You might say, well, that belongs to me. My pocketbook belongs to me. God can't have that. Yes, he can. God can take everything that you have. He can take that boat that you own. He can take that home that you own. He can take whatever. He could take your life if he wanted to. But let me tell you, the thing that God can't take is the love. You know, love is personal. Love is something that we, that we give. It's free. You give love. We're called to love others. This has been mentioned in the Bible over, over 55 times in the New Testament. You see, God does not just love you and I, but he also loves through us. Amen. Hang on to that. God not only loves you and I, but he loves through you. 
You know, I think the thing that will change this world in which we live is that we love God with all of our hearts, with everything that's within us, and that we allow the love of Christ to flow through our lives. You know, you don't have to look around to see that uh, how love is needed because it's right in our face. You know, I don't think I fully comprehend. Maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you understand the love of God better than, than, than myself. But I don't think I fully comprehend or understand the love that God has for Dale Moreland. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19, Paul said, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width, the height and the depth of God's love, to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So I ask you this morning, how much does God love us? When I think about the love of God and the love that he has for me, someone that does not deserve the love of God, he gave the greatest sacrifice. That's how much he loves us. When I look at the sinfulness of my own life, I say, God, I am so unworthy of your love. But he loves us. The Bible says, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let me take it a step further. God has given us the ability to love others. You might say, hold on, Dale. You don't know. You don't know the hurt that I've gone through. You don't understand the hurt that I've gone through. You don't know the the hurt that I'm going through right now. I don't. But God does. Jesus was betrayed by one of those or more than one that uh, walked the streets with Jesus. They've seen him do miracle after miracle. And some of them betrayed him. He washed the feet of one of the guys that was going to, give, that was going to betray him. One of the guys that betrayed him sat right next to him at the seat of honor in that upper room. And he was sold out for money. Oh yes, he does understand. The hurt that you have experienced, the hurt that you're experiencing today, he understands. And yet he tells us to love. I want you to write down Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28. It says, uh, I'll just kind of abbreviate it, but, but go back and look at it. Underline it in your, in your Bible. It says that we are to pray for 
those who despitefully use us, that we are to love our enemies, that we're to do good to those who, who do things uh, that are not so good for us. Not only does he say that he gives us a new commandment, but secondly, he is our example. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. His love is unconditional. Amen? Thank goodness, right? I mean, if it was conditional, I mean, my goodness, if he put conditions on it, and sometimes we put conditions on our love. I will love you if, you know, but God's love is unconditional. To the world, love is a feeling. It's unpredictable. It's uncontrollable. But in God's love, we do something. It's something that we intentionally do for another person, regardless of the cost, to help others. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 says, Dear children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and actions. God showed us how much he loved us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. God's love is sacrificial. 1 John chapter 3, 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. This kind of love can be seen uh, throughout God's Word, especially in the story of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10, verse, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Love is sacrificial but it always comes with a cost. Love is demonstrated to the world, we see in this verse. Verse 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Unconditional and sacrificial love is is one of the proofs that we are God's children. I like what this commentary says about love. We are living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Let me say that again. We are living proof of a loving God to a watching world. I told you that sometimes our influence and the things that we do, the things that we say, spreads faster than germaclins throughout uh, this building. Let me tell you, there are people who are watching your life. And they're seeing the things that you do and the things that you say and and the way you act as a Christian. They're watching those things. And it's having an influence in the world in which we live. I have to tell you, this last week, I, you know, let me just be honest with you. Really got into the flesh this week. I mean, angry my wife and my kids will tell you if, if his face turns red, you better move. Because he's fixing to, he, he is getting ready to unload. And it's not going to be pleasant. Now, sometimes my face turns red and it's because I'm embarrassed. Maybe about what I said or what I did. 
But this last week, we have been having terrible trouble with our refrigerator for several months, several months. And I have been on the phone with, with the people who made it. I've been on the phone with the extended warranty and getting no place. And I told them, I said, I can see where this is going. In two years, this extended warranty is going to be out, and I'm going to be stuck with a refrigerator that does not work. And uh, <clears throat> my kids were over at the house, and I was in the den with the door closed. And the kids said, is that dad? <laughs> I was not very nice. And, <clears throat> and, you know, the guy called me back yesterday, and I said, let me just tell you something. I am sorry for the way I spoke to you on the phone. Now, uh, if you've never been that, been in a place like that, praise God. But I tell you, I was at a place that I was in the flesh. I was not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. I was not in the place where the love of Christ was just flowing through my life saying, you know, I'm so thankful for this refrigerator, and, um, you know, I'm glad that it's not working. I'm so thankful that I get to talk to you on the phone today, and uh, I was not there. But, you know, the world in which, we leave, in which we live, at school, I mean, it is adults that are grandparents and older adults. Let me just tell you something. What our students are going through in school is not what you went through. In school and uh, they need our prayers they need our support they need our love and uh, because the things that they go through is is not easy for them but we have a great group of students and I'm so thankful for Mark and and all of those who work with our students all of those who work with our our preschoolers and our school-aged children because they have a tough ministry they're called to that ministry, to, to work with those, with those young ones. And uh, because we're living in a different world that desperately needs to see the love of Christ in our lives. And I know there's people here this morning that sometimes we just get into the flesh and we say those things and we do those things that we know are not pleasing to God. But folks, what our world needs to see in us today is the love of Christ, that we love each other. If we want to see this world changed, if we, it has to start with us. We have to have the love of Christ living in our lives. There has to have been that time when you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Did all the disciples act godly all the time in their lives? There were times, and that's not giving us an excuse. That doesn't give me an excuse to react the way I did to uh, the guy over the telephone. There's no excuse for that. There's no reason for that. There's no reason for the way we act. There's no reason for the things that we say and do to, to each other and to those who are not in the faith. There's no reason for the way we treat people. But we have to treat people with the love of Christ. And if we do that, the Bible, God will change this world in which we live. 
And please do it for the sake of our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. Because they need to see Jesus Christ in this world in which we live. You know, the Lord showed us how to love people. How we're to love people unconditionally. And how we're to love sacrificially. You know, I, I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're at that point in your life that you just, you know, everything is good and that you love people and, and it's, it's uh, you know, life is just great. But uh, for some of us, we can do a little bit better by allowing the love of Christ to flow through our lives. I'm going to ask Grant and his team to come up and we're going to... We'll go into a time of invitation where you have an opportunity to respond to the love of Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Dale, I can understand what you're saying. I understand, you know, that you know, we're supposed to love people unconditionally. We're supposed to, to sacrificially love people. And I haven't been there. I can understand what you're saying, Dale. You know, uh, maybe, maybe that's where you're at this morning. And right there in the pew where you're seated this morning, you can just say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Like I did the guy on the telephone the other day. I just said, God, I blew it. What was I thinking about? Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking for a church home. I can say that this is truly a place that loves God and we love people. We love people. And some of you this morning are going through some really tough things in your life. Some decisions that you have to make, some uh, life-changing decisions. Let me just tell you, we love you. And we want to pray for you. We do. On Monday mornings as a church staff, we pray for, for you guys. Because we love you. We love you unconditionally. And we love you sacrificially. <clears throat> there are a lot of things that, uh, that the staff of this church from those who clean the building to uh, changing diapers in the preschool area to working with the students to the senior adults. We love this place. And I know Kyle would want to be here this morning, standing up here just sharing from the Word of God. We love you guys. And with, with unconditionally, sacrificially let's make a difference in the world that we live would you join with us and I know you have I know I know many of you give sacrificially to the ministries of the church you serve you you're involved in things outside the church and you give sacrificially to the church of your resources your energies your your time talent your resources you give sacrificially and you love unconditionally you love people you 
no matter where you're at, you reach out with the love of Christ. If we will do that, if we will follow this commandment that Jesus left us, one of the last things that he said, that we're to love others. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's love people. You know, this week, this has been a simple message. But sometimes I'm a simple person. And God has to speak to me on simple terms. I believe somebody this week, you're going to have to live out this passage of Scripture. Some of you are faced this morning with some tough decisions that you need to make. Loving someone that has hurt you. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. And I understand that. We have been there. It's hard to love somebody that's disappointed you, right? Can you imagine what Jesus was going through in that upper room where he had spent time with those guys and he knew one of them was going to go out and sell him out? There's going to be people in your life that's going to disappoint you. As pastors, we're going to disappoint you. But we need to reach out with the love of Christ and love people unconditionally and sacrificially. So this week, I pray that as you're, you know, in a situation where you have to love someone, I pray that you'll remember this passage of Scripture, that it'll just burn in your heart and your mind, and it will love people. If we'll do that, based on what this Word says, based on what God's Word says, our world will be a different place. You don't have to look very hard to see that there's a need for love in the world that we live in. So let's make that difference. Let's love as Jesus loved us. He loved us unconditionally. He loved us sacrificially. Let's do the same. Would you please stand as I pray? Father, I just uh, come before you, Lord, and I ask that you would help us to love people. As you love us, you laid down your life for us. You gave sacrificially. You love us unconditionally. We don't deserve your love, but you love us the way we are. I'm thankful for that. Father, help us this week to love people. Not only this week, but next week, the next month, the years to come. Father, may people see Jesus in our lives as we just reach out with the love of Christ. Father, I don't know what decisions need to be made this morning. Father, we know that, uh, I know that you have spoken to my heart about this. Father, make me a better person. 
Father, if there's decisions that need to be made this morning, maybe somebody's looking for a church home, Father, we just pray that they would come this morning. And Father, that they would join this place as we strive to make a difference in the world that, that you have placed us in. Maybe there's someone here this morning that has never accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that today they would come and that they'd make the greatest decision that, that one can make in life. Maybe there's someone here today that just needs to come to the altar with whatever need they have on their hearts and just lay it at your feet. Father, I pray that today we would do that. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray.